Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Happy New Year. Hope everyone has had a gr- uh, great couple of days and uh, are getting some some wind and direction for their, for your new year and what God has for you. You know, uh, what I wanted to talk about today, uh, the Lord kind of laid on my heart to talk about revivals uh, and how the Lord influences uh, culture and generations and how the Lord, when he looks down from heaven, he looks onto the earth and he is deciding, you know, what what his kids need, what the earth needs for this time and this generations. Uh, I'll define it. There's that verse in Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah. Um, where it's like the Lord is the one who determines. It is I, the Lord. He says, it is I, the Lord, who determines, you know, the times and the seasons and nations when they come and rise. And I think there's another one in Daniel too, when Daniel's talking to the angel. But, you know, we have this, I feel like the Lord wanted to give people this bigger picture of, you know, he's not just into salvations. He's not just into personal revival and healing your heart. He absolutely is. He's wanting to transform society. And I think we've talked before about the seven mountain mandate, you know, the church. He wants a church not just to meet in the four walls of, of a building, but to be the salt of the earth. You know, the seven mountains, what is it? Arts and entertainment, religion, education, government, um, uh, and I'll probably remember the two other ones later, but and I'll put a link to it. Um, you know, but the seven basic pillars of society and mounts of society that we're supposed to influence. Oh, that's right. Business and family. Those are all of them. So family, religion, education, media, entertainment, business, and government. Okay, cool. Those seven mountains. <laughs> and so if we take a look back through church history, and there have been you know, thousands of revivals throughout church history. Some get more attention than others. Some, um, okay. And just thought of the sea and seven mountains. So each mountain has a, uh, a color represented. So like I know, um, you know, business is green. Um, I think religion is red and I'll have to put a link to it. There's a, a well-known prophet, uh, Johnny and his wife, Elizabeth Enloe, and they wrote a, uh, he wrote a wonderful book on uh, the Seven Mountain Mandate and uh, Rainbow God and the colors of the that he saw on the you know the rainbow around the throne of God. And I'll put a link to that in the notes. It's a um, I've read a couple of his books. I don't think I've read that one all the way through. I've read parts of it, but it's a wonderful resource on um, anybody out there who wants to try to understand how God wants to transform their society and their culture around you. And it might even help some people see their callings and giftings and where the Lord wants them. So if we take a look at church history, and like I said, there's been thousands of them, some smaller than others. Some are debated by the church. You know, some different parts of the church um, aren't always in favor of some of the things that God releases into the earth, and that's totally okay. And I'll leave that to you and the Lord to decide as you ask him what, what he thinks about all these. But I want to go over the general ones of society and kind of lay a foundation for how the Lord what the Lord has done in the past so people can start to see um, what revival is all about and why is it so important. So the biggest first one was Martin Luther, you know, the great reformer. And so we have, you know, Jesus dies on the cross and is resurrected again. The early church starts. Um, church history goes through a couple hundred years. I think I think it was 500, maybe a thousand. I, forget, I don't know how long exactly till Martin Luther off the top of my head. But um, churches had this mass favor in the early church. It spread all the way across the world. It got where a Roman em, uh, emperor, I think it was, um, I forget his name, but there was a Roman em, emperor who declared it, I think it was Constantine, if I believe correct, um, 
you know, said this is the this is the major religion of the entire Roman Empire. Um, and then it kind of kind of went pear shaped, went sideways after a while, and um, didn't quite work out. You know, the church was kind of flooded with people who didn't didn't really want to be there or weren't really seeking the Lord. But you know, it was okay. The Lord used it. So fast forward, and uh, religion. We're talking about the I guess good meaning people, but the I guess the Catholic Church at this point was kind of like the dominant force in the world carrying the gospel. And, you know, no judgment, no condemnation, but I think a lot of people think that they had kind of made some some pretty big errors along the way. They had kind of fell, fallen off the, the path, so it were, uh, I think, with, like, with indulgences and um, some of their theology kind of got a little skewed. I think indulgences were what, like, you could uh, alleviate the suffering of your family members in hell by paying money. You know, I think any... You know, it's probably a little bit harder for people to see back then um, when the priests were the only the ones kind of communicating between them and God. But kind of clear for us in our day and age what's wrong with that. But anyway, so Martin Luther comes along and he, uh, you know, nails his 95, I think, thesis, whatever, to the wall, to the Wittenberg door, I think. And I hope I'm getting all those names right. And um, he he corrects the major the major correction that we are justified by faith in Christ, not our works. You know, think about that for a second. The we kind of take not that we take that for granted, but that's so and we're so used to that. We know that in our time, but think about the state of culture and society and where it got that you know, people were people had lost sight from Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and making us right before God to the church had gone back to works. And so something happened in that time period, culture you know, the church, for whatever reason, the church wasn't preaching faith in Christ. It, it had lost its way. And so that was the result. And it got to a point where the Lord said, okay, I need to bring, I need to raise up somebody. I need to bring a reformer. I need to bring revival to the church to help correct this. And we'll see as we hit the next three or four big um, revivals in history that they're all centered around a, um, you know, a, a certain topic. And I want to add real quick, there's a book, uh, The Great Greatest World Revivals by Fred and Sharon Wright, and I'll put a link to that in the comments too. A uh, wonderful book where they um, they track a lot of these major um, revivals that have happened the past couple, you know, thousand, two thousand, whatever plus years in church history. And they kind of go into a little bit more depth. I read it a long time ago. And I can't remember their exact, you know, thesis and all, but it was, you know, showing they have a little bit more insight. The Lord gave them a lot of insight into... Um, revivals and stuff so maybe that might help some people out there who are kind of want to delve deeper into this um and I'm, i don't know if i'm going to go exactly in in uh chronological history but these are the ones that's just coming to mind and I'm, I'm by no means an expert in this i've just done a little bit of studying over the years and kind of learned about all these um you know we had john wesley and the great awakenings happening um a little bit later in history and that kind of brought a um a purity movement to the church and brought the church back to holiness. You know, we went on to, um, and there were a couple more in the second and third great awakenings. I forget exactly when, but you know, miracles and healings and, uh, started to be become more commonplace in the church. That's a general note that for, you know, we're not, we're not intimidated by the enemy. We're not afraid of the enemy, but we know the enemy is always out there trying to subvert the, the things of God. And so we have a lot of movements that God brings out there are, of course, attacked by the enemy. 
and God, Lord's aware of all this and knows how to, you know, use it for his good. Um, so it's not a big deal, but most often, uh, people steeped in religion and not religion, like knowing about God, but the, the, the negative kind, the chains of religion, the bondage of works without faith, um, or, you know, that thing. Usually a lot of the moves of God are uh, criticized or attacked or, you know, twisted, um, in an effort to stop them. So, just, you know, a word of caution whenever you're, if you look into this in yourself, just know, especially for the new people in the faith, you know, just be aware that you have the Holy Spirit, you know, ask the Holy Spirit for discernment and just know that a lot of times the moves of God um, are not, not accepted in the beginning in their culture, in their day and age. But then when we have the, we look back at them, you know, we have 2020 vision and tend to accept them. Um, and then probably one of the most well-known modern revivals that the church knows, um, you know, the Azusa Street Revival, um, a revival of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, moving in the Spirit. The Pentecostal movement was birthed off that, and, you know, I think that's one of the most well-known in our day and age, and, you know, got everybody back into the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, and um, all that, all that jazz, all that good stuff, really fun stuff. Um, Amy Simple McPherson, she built the um, the Angelos Temple or Glory Deo Temple or whatever in Los Angeles. You know, um, in a in a time in the Great Depression, she built a whole new brand building, uh, brand new like meeting congregational church place, without with no debt. You know, did it all by donations and without taking out loans or anything. So amazing miracles, amazing people in church history, um, and you know there are you know, hundreds of other ones in between all these time periods that have faithfully stood for the word of the Lord and faithfully carried out their duties and, you know, everywhere. Um, but these are just the big ones that come to mind. And then we get to, um, the Toronto blessing. This is probably one of the most recent ones. Um, it happened at the Toronto airport Christian fellowship, uh, and was it 2000, 2004, I think is when it first started and it's still going on today. Um, but it's called the father's father's blessing of the father's love where uh, God wanted his sons and daughters royal identity in him and so he he moved on a small congregation in Toronto Canada next to an airport um, and began you know the father's love uh, movement and that has it's pretty amazing I haven't been there yet I would love to go um, but I've you know talked to people who have been there and um, you know learned from teachers who were who were there personally and were taught by them and um it faced a lot of criticism for what happened, um, for some of the, the things that went on and I'll leave that for you guys to decide. Uh, well, I guess I can say like, you know, some people, um, this revival was characterized and I know we're going a little bit longer than normal on the podcast today, but I know that's, I feel like that's okay. This helps people. Um, this revival made the front page of time magazine. Um, so many people were flying to the airports to come as it got started that, um, you know, airports were backed up, shuttle buses lined up to it. You know, people were, um, it's kind of cool that God put it next to an airport. He's really funny and wise at the same time. <laughs> um, but there were manifestations of the spirit that, um, you know, some people would shake, some people would make noises. Some, I think this was either in this one or the vineyard movement. I think this was Toronto, but like people would bark like dogs, not everybody, but some people would, um, and that could understandably, you know, turn some people off, especially if you're new to all this stuff in the spirit. But there were also like amazing healings, 
um, cell phones. I mean, you can find videos online of cell phones being charged when you put them against the wall. Um, you know, pennies sticking to the wall, cell phones sticking to the wall. Uh, just all based on the power of God. And we see this thing that, you know, they're called signs and wonders for a reason. That sometimes God chooses to do things that make you wonder like that, you know, to get your attention or to get the attention of people. And there is a a truth you will kind of run into when you start working with the Spirit in that God really speaks to the, he wants the hungry. And anytime you have the Spirit showing up uh, in a person's heart or a believer's life, um, the Spirit has a, Holy Spirit has a wonderful way of bringing up stuff in us that needs to be dealt with. Um, and this happens a lot during, you know, intense times when you, the Spirit is moving through a, a building. So my encouragement would be, if anybody's ever, if you're starting to walk, because I feel like some of you are going to start experiencing the Holy Spirit in new ways. Maybe some of you already have. Um, you know, sometimes people reported feeling their heat in their body, electricity running through their body. We all experience in different ways. Um, in my experience, I mean, I was slain in the spirit several times when I was starting out. Um, you know, my body was, I kind of fell to the floor. My body wasn't able to move. Um, but it was all, it was kind of weird at first, but it was, but as I got used to it, like the Lord, um, you know, opened up more and more experiences for me. And so it all, all fine in the end, but just, um, you know, it can be, it's, it can be new and different when you start out, but just to encourage you guys to keep pushing through, uh, just asking the Lord when you walk through stuff. I think John and Carol are not, or the, um, the revivalist of the Toronto or the father's blessing. Um, and they, I think they're still, they're kind of, they're not the lead pastors anymore, but they're still traveling around and speaking. Um, and so, like I said, um, cause we kind of got into miracles, but the whole point of the father's blessing was he wanted us to see our royal identity. Uh, and people like people were a lot of well-known names in the body now kind of got their start, um, or got full of love at the Toronto, uh, at that church. Uh, I remember Heidi Baker has said many times in her personal testimony, she was burned out missionary in Africa, um, and came and got, you know, to the, to the father's blessing, the Toronto revival and got filled with the love of God. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful thing when you finally understand the hearts, the Lord's heart for you. And I pray that everyone listening would get to experience that, um, that they'd get the revelation of that because it is wonderful. And I guess I was a better way to say what I was trying to say earlier is that sometimes the Lord, uh, you know, offends the mind to show what's in the heart. And so sometimes when you get around these revivals, um, you know, if you, if you realize yourself or somebody else getting really kind of worked up about something, um, just ask the Holy Spirit what's going on in your heart because he'll be able to show you uh, maybe an area that needs um, his touch or his grace or his love. And I, I think it was either in the, the Fred and Sharon Wright book or I was just hearing somebody in general uh, talking about it. But, you know, the Lord wanted to see with the, so going back to when the Lord chooses, looks down on the earth and chooses to release various things, you know, it's his wisdom, his ways are higher than ours. Um, so there's not, you really can't put a, a pattern to it or logic to it, but God in that case, this case wanted his kids to know their royal identity in him. And that has grounded and rooted so many people, myself included, um, and given them so much strength because out of love, everything flows. Like your gifts get clearer. Um, you relate to people better. You relate to yourself better. You relate to God. Like it's a, it's one of the firm foundations. It's why God, you know, made us and Jesus died for us. So it's crucial, crucial to understanding.
uh, our Christian walk. And of course, other, you know, the revival at Bethel Church in Redding, California has been going on. Um, and, you know, I don't think they would put a specific name or one thing, but it's just a, a general supernatural lifestyle revival that's been going on there for years. And, you know, there have been some in San Francisco and other places. And some of them, you know, don't get really recognized. Some of them kind of fly, fly below the radar, but God's always doing stuff. So I encourage you. Um, and I just, I talk more about the ones in the United States, but I'm sure there, I mean, there have been, you know, the, the Wales revival, um, Brownsville revival, that was the United States, but you know, he's doing, he's always moving in every country. So if anybody overseas is listening to this, you might have a revival in your area. And I feel like there are people in Scotland who might be listening to this. And I feel like the Lord wants to encourage and tell you to go, the wells are ready for you. And there are mantles. So many revivalists. It is crazy. I think the Wales Revival. The Welsh Revival. Um, Scotland. 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 How that for them, Lord. So I hope this has helped kind of everybody see. Um, another aspect of our faith of Christianity, of what the Lord, you know, what, what the Lord does when he looks down on the earth and help people get a mindset, not just for our individual Christian walk, but we're a body and we're not just a body, we're called to influence the world. And God has been doing this for generations. And this was in the Fred and Sharon Wright book, but they, uh, people have been wondering what's the next big move of God? What's the next big revival? Um, and they said something about the bride and the bridegroom. Um, and I'm not quite sure. Uh, you know, I haven't personally heard anything from the Lord about that um, since I read that. But that's, um, and I, I don't even know what that looks like. I mean, it's a fun, it's fun to imagine. Uh, only imagine what that could be. But, um, you know, Jesus is our, um, our bridegroom and we are his bride. The church is his bride. So, um yeah, if anybody hears that, anything about that, let me know. If anyone knows if it's going on already, I just don't know about it. Let me know. But um, I would love to to hear. But uh, Otherwise, say prayer, prayer real quick. Um, so, Lord, thank you for uh, your kids. Thank you for revival. Thank you for what you are doing on the earth. Uh, thank you for all the ways you move and the ways we might not even perceive and the ways we can see. Um, and I just ask that you'd help people understand, um, understand what's going on in my words, understand what's going on in the atmospheres around them, understand what you're doing in the, in the earth, um, and that you would help raise up, um, you know, Daniels and Joshua's and people, um, and Jacob's and people we, we need to help lead your body in Jesus name. Amen.